What do you do when in a short amount of time your life falls apart, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Today's guest, Laura Nutt, lived through this. Now she's helping others to do the same. It's the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and vision board mastery creator, Steve Gamlin. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, my friend. Steve Gamlin here. Welcome to Motivational Firewood Radio. We are on a roll right now having an interview and conversation series. And by the way, I have conversations with people. I don't really interview them. Uh, Some of my favorite people out there are the ones who just hang out on a front porch, sharing a microphone, having a conversation, people camping out on the front lawn, throwing out their blankets, and just digging on the energy. And that's what we're going to do today. Today, my guest is Laura Nutt. Laura's titles, and I'm going to have to read these because I want to get these right. She is a (laughs) lioness liberator, a content connoisseur. Love that word. She is the boss lady of breakthrough, and when you hear her story, you are going to be blown away. She's also the diva of digitalization. And I practiced that word a lot to make sure I got it right. You nailed it. And and that was not through the magic of editing. I actually got it right on the first try. So there we go. Laura, welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. Thank you so much, Steve. I'm so excited to be here because I know we just always have a blast and I'm so excited to have listeners just laughing and smiling and then having a lot of takeaways to make our life better. So, so yeah. excited. So ready to jump in and bring some nut house to the party. There you go. And just like with everybody else I have on the show, we had a conversation prior to this and we had such an amazing conversation that what did I say at the end? We have to do this for real. <laughs> we have to do this for real. And, and I remember saying at the end, I go, when you, when you asked, so what's going to be like on the show? I'm like this, we actually just did the show. If only I'd recorded yes. it. Hmm. Yeah, whoops, sorry. Whoops. So here we are. This note <laughs> to self, hit record no matter what. Um basically, you know, it's it's such a big a big deal for me to always find out what got people here. And and everybody has a story. Not everybody is willing or vulnerable enough or authentic enough to share their story. But you were in our very first conversation and I appreciate mm-hmm. that that I mean no wall went up, no holds barred. You laid it right out there. So if you would let people know kind of the highlights in, in the lowlights of what got you here and why you're so passionate about what you're doing now and where you are in the process. Absolutely. So it is a long story, but I'll give you the, the nuts and bolts of what it can offer. Um, so I had a seven month period of my life where I literally developed physical health issues like with taste, temperature, perception, could not sleep at all. I lost my memory. I was pacing, was having mental health difficulties, just crippling depression, um, some PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder issues, just anxiety, just constant issues, and then some spiritual issues as well. Um, I'm very strong in my faith. I am a Christian, and I, I felt very isolated and just separated from God and really separated from everybody. And all these things were going on, and I had ended up in the ER, actually, due to a drug interaction, and everything just kind of compiled all at once when that happened. And so I'm trying to go to doctors, and they're running all these tests on me, like MRI 
x-rays oh my gosh x-rays blood tests urine tests every type of medical test you could think of which costs a lot of money a lot of money so that was another trauma right there where the medical bills were racking up and doctors are going we can't find out what's wrong with you we you know we don't know and so you must be making it up it must be in your head so then i get referred to the the doctor for the mental health medication so then I'm doing that and I'm like, no, there is something going on. I, I know. And I'm telling people, I know I sound crazy. I know I do, but something is going on. I wish I could explain it. I don't know what this is. This just came on. And now there's no physical test saying something's going on. So people assume it's automatically mental. So I'm on mental health medication, all that. That's not helping, still not sleeping. And um, my parents believed it was spiritual. So I went through deliverance twice. Uh, nothing changed there. And for those who do not know what deliverance is, it's basically, I hate to say it, but it's basically kind of like an exorcism. It's not like the movies. My head did not spin around. I didn't vomit green stuff on people and speak in different languages. But, <laughs> but you know, it's just something where there's a, a belief that there's a demonic influence that, that is impacting you physically, mentally, and spiritually mm. and to release those, those entities. I went through that twice and no change. And it was getting so bad that I started to believe that I was going to hell because I didn't feel God anymore. I felt so isolated and I would literally just start screaming just out of my pain. I would wail. And I, and I didn't realize it because one of the things too is my, my hearing had muted and my vision was going as well. And I would be so loud that my husband outside be, would be mowing and he could hear me over that. And he would come in the house and say, Laura, stop. They're going to think I'm killing you. So I'm guessing it sounded awful, but it was just all this pain and just agony of what is going on with me. Nobody can help me. And just, uh, you know, and just releasing and, I really struggled with suicidal ideation during this time because I I felt like I was a curse to my family because a lot of bad things were going on. Uh, people were, were dying, developing cancer. My mother dislocated her hip, had to go and have surgery, and I was personalizing all of that. And so it was getting really, really bad. But my husband and I started going back to church and really praying and focusing on things. And we heard some prophetic words that things were going to change at Passover. And that was April of this year, 2020. So we kept holding on, kept holding on, holding on. Two days before Passover, I listened to, it was called a prophetic soaking. And it's basically just praying and prophetic words and music. And it's supposed to usher in God's presence. And I felt nothing, just nothing. I went into the bedroom and I started sobbing. And I just said, God, you're going to have to kill me because I cannot live like this. I can't. I can't do it. My family's upset. We would get in screaming matches because they couldn't understand what was going on. And so I had a knife by my bed and I, I was going to do it. And even though I knew from mental health background, how much it hurts people, it's not the right thing to do. I just felt like it was my only option. I did not do as I had a vision right before I was about to. I had a vision that I actually did stab myself and that I was dying. And that Jesus Christ said to me, I was just about to heal you. And in that moment, I stopped and I said, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but maybe I can make it. Maybe I can make it. And the two days later when Passover happened, that was the best meal I'd ever had because I could taste it again. And before I wasn't even able to, I wasn't even able to know if I was hungry or thirsty. I'd lost a bunch of weight during all this. And I started being able to eat again, to drink again. 
I couldn't sense temperature. So taking baths used to be painful to me because it was either too hot or too cold. And I could do that. And I started to come back. And one day it just hit me and I went, oh my gosh, I should have had a V8. You know, I'm, I'm Nebuchadnezzar. And, and I'll quickly explain who Nebuchadnezzar is. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon at the, at the height of the empire and basically had ransacked Jerusalem, had taken a bunch of its residents into exile and had left a king in its place. But that king rebelled for three years. So Nebuchadnezzar went back and basically ransacked Jerusalem, busted down the walls, took all the treasures out of the temple, burned it, basically burned the temple and took all of everybody in exile. He executed the king's sons in front of him, put the king's eyes out and took him back in chains in Babylon. Not a nice dude. (laughs) Um, He's also known for building an 80 foot gold statue and forcing the Israelites to bow down to it. Three of them did not. And so he threw them into a furnace that was seven times hotter and actually burned up the guards outside (laughs) of it. And because they didn't burn up, he believed He believed in the God of Israel, but he became prideful again. And he looked out on his vast balcony and said, look at my vast kingdom. And God humbled him immediately, made him chew the cut of the grass like an animal. His nails grew like claws. He had this dew fall on him where he had feathers. He was out of his mind for seven years because he was prideful. He was only restored when he lifted his eyes to heaven and recognized what God had done. And then his kingdom was restored better than before. In that moment, When I recognized I was Nebuchadnezzar, God spoke to me and said, Laura, you've been selfish your entire life. I brought you into this world. You weren't even supposed to be here. And you've kept everything to yourself. And you're not going to live like that anymore. You're going to live. You're going to live for me now. And now I can say this is only a few months ago because this was April of 2020 when this happened, that now I have a purpose to give back. Now I have a purpose to help people, to show agape, the highest form of selfless and sacrificial love. Now I have a reason to help people to embrace who they are and their purpose and their meaning because I almost lost everything because I was too prideful on where I was coming from. So now this is my chance to pay it forward. And all of this happens, of course, in the year 2020, where a decade's worth of what you know? What in the Bible was referred to as the plagues or all these other things? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody crammed a decade's worth into so far seven months, yeah, of stuff, and this happened kind of at the beginning of all of that. So it's it's an incredible process that we're talking now at the time of this broadcast in the fall of 2020, and this was only a handful of months ago, right? That, it's very raw that this happened, and it's it's one of the things that speaks to for me is how quickly life can turn around for you and with you, because we're, we're always a part of the process. You know, whatever messages you received, it was maybe you weren't living your life in the best way, in the best Christian way, living up to whatever, whether or not you were being selfish or not, you got this direction, you did something with it. And now the coolest part is you're looking around over your shoulder, reaching your hand out to help other people on their journeys, wherever they may be. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those, when you have those experiences where you almost lose everything, you can't help but be changed. There, I couldn't go back if I wanted to. There's just no way. And because I would cry all the time and I would say, God, seriously, it didn't have to be this bad. Newsflash, it had to be this bad. <laughs> it had to be this bad to get my attention. I was that bullheaded and I had to be broken to be put back together again into the person who God created me to be. 
And so one of the things I referenced er earlier in my story, when God told me, said, I didn't, you weren't even supposed to be here. I, I wasn't even supposed to be born. My mother was not able to physically have children. It took my parents 10 years to have me. And even my own birth was very traumatic and they had to pull me out with forceps. So, you know, going through all that, I was like, surely God, you would not create me to go through this. But I needed to go through that so I could discover my true purpose of, like you said, you know, reaching back and saying, hey, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to not be okay right now because we're going to be okay together. Mm. I'm going to help you get there. And especially this year, because a lot of people in, you know, I work as a speaker. I do a lot of the vision board work. And I talk to people who are entrepreneurs as well as people who are part of work teams, et cetera. Yeah. This year, I've heard more people say than, and I've been doing this 16 years, in all of our other previous years combined, people saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to go back to what it was. Oh, wow. I was not happy being who I was, doing what I was. I like the person I was being. And it's almost like what we referred to in our first conversation as the 90-year-old front porch test. Yes. You know, not waiting till you're 90 years old to, to think back in your life, what what would I do differently? What would I wish I had tried? What do I regret mm -hmm. doing? A lot of people this year, for better or for worse, are having these moments, whether it's spiritual or just emotional or whatever it is, or a moment of self-reflection. People are having that kind of in parentheses moment right now, saying, I don't want it to be the way it was. You know, I, I, I was running my life a certain way, and that, boy, that rut got so deep, I just couldn't do anything else. Now, they've, they've either been furloughed out of the rut or just have to work in a different way. And they're recognizing this. And, and for people who are very strong in their faith, they see a connection to that, you know, to, to their spirituality, to their, whatever God is for them and in that higher power. And I, and I hope a lot of people find hope in that. And, and I think regardless of what our faith is, is that we're always seeking something greater than ourselves. So whether it's in a higher power, whether it's in being part of a team, a community, whatever it is, we were wired that way. We're wired for connection. We're wired for belonging. We're wired for creating change together. And again, beyond ourselves, we're always seeking that. So it makes sense why we're always looking externally for who we are, what our purpose is, where we're supposed to be going, because we need that input. I mean, we need that internal input, of course, but we're, we're always seeking that. And why would we be doing that if that wasn't biologically ingrained in us it's a natural need that we have and so i love that you talked about the the, the 90 year old patio dust you know <laughs> or porch dust i guess i guess it'd be patio for me when i'm 90 years old <laughs> <Yeah. came up. laughs> patio porch whichever comes up for you but yeah, yeah i don't want to have those moments and i've always thought about that and when i was going through my difficulty i had that i was literally reflecting on my life up to the point I was saying, oh my gosh, I should have done that. Oh my gosh, I should not have done that. Like I was literally having those moments and, and I'm, I'm an old fart millennial. Okay. Let's be honest, but you know, but I'm, I'm in my midlife right now. Like th these should be the, the golden years of finding yourself and you're set in your career and you're finally starting to figure it out. And I was struggling you know, I was struggling so much with feeling like it was the end of my life because I was really reflecting on and regretting everything that I did wrong or I didn't do or something or going, oh my gosh, I should have helped that person and I didn't and I did this and I should have done that. And so it's amazing now looking back because it's like I've had my 90 year old moment already 
in a 36 year old body. And so it's, it's kind of funny because I'm like, I can't go, I can't go back because now I look at everything and I'm grateful for every moment I have. I'm grateful for every breath that I take. I'm grateful for every person I meet. I'm grateful for being able-bodied. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my faith. Everything that I can do and every second I have is so precious to me because it was so close to being taken by my own hand, you know, because physically I should have died, but I didn't, it would have been by my own hand, but now I can appreciate it. And now I can be more purposeful so that I can help others to be more purposeful. Right. And you can be that living, breathing, authentic example of it. I mean, I'm a speaker. There are people out there who have not lived the messages that they're sharing on stage. You know, they're cute stories, wherever they cop their stories from, they're effective at telling them, but they didn't live them. And we are very, very similar in the fact that I blew my life up into a whole bunch of pieces at age 35. I, <laughs> See, it's it was that time of, alive. <laughs> yeah. It was the end of my decade in radio. I'd been married seven years. I was in horrific financial shape at that point. Mm. And I intentionally blew the whole thing up at a real short window of time. I walked away from my radio career. And even afterward, my doctor told me, he said, look, you're 35 years old. I said, yep. He goes, given your family history, given your cholesterol, given your lack of, you know, not eating well, not sleeping well, and your stress levels, he said, you would have been dead by 40. He goes, you wouldn't have got one of those little tickle strokes either. He goes, you would have had a a bad one that probably would have taken you out. He told me that when I was 38. Oh after I've gotten a bit healthier over the three years since leaving radio. Yeah. And, and I always took that as, okay, I was supposed to do that. Even though for many years, I'm thinking other people my age, they have it all together. They know what their life purpose is. And of course, most people don't. But in my mind, it was imposter syndrome. It was, you know, mm-hmm. I was just getting started as a speaker. And, and I was, we joked about this earlier. I look at my earliest videos of being on stage or my earliest YouTube videos and my old recording studio and all that, you know, at the time I thought it was pretty good. Now I look back and I go, Oh my gosh, that's adorable. My first few steps, you know, baby's first steps. Do you like my curtains? Yeah. Hey, it's fine. You know, <laughs> I, and, and we, we talked earlier. I said, look, I said, I don't care if you're, if you're, you got a flashlight and your arm at length with your phone is your tripod. I don't care. Be real, be authentic, be you. And right. Me and my back. curtains are real. You and your curtains are real. But see, you're Dang walking it. that and you're not looking back with, with shame or embarrassment or anything. You know, you found a strength in all the stuff you're going through. And I think that's the sign of somebody who really has it all together and is not an imposter in any way. Because a lot of people are afraid to just be themselves. Yes. Because they're afraid of being judged or, or what yes. they think of themselves and their little insecurities and their fears that the whole rest of the world sees that. You know, I I tell people all the time, they say, oh, you're a motivational speaker. I said, yeah. They go, say something profound. I said, I don't say profound things. (laughs) Socrates and Plato said profound things, you know, to be is to do, blah, 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 and all these things. I said, I come out with things like, don't let people fart in your elevator. (laughs) Meaning, don't let toxic people wreck your air. That's basically what I meant by it. But see, that's me. People expect that from me. And now you are you. And you're taking in these short months since all of this went down, you're, you're vibrant, you're funny, you're energetic, you're authentic. Not everybody puts it together that quickly, gets that warning sign and comes out of it on the other side, riding the Phoenix, not just being one like you've done, <laughs> which is, which I think is great. So let everybody know what you're doing now in, in the ways you're impacting other people, because one of the quotes we both 
absolutely love is from Maya Angelou. It's not what you say. It's not what you do. It's how, all about how you make people feel. How you make people feel right. And Lots I forgot it right there in the that most. moment. I'm not even going to edit it because you finished it for me and got it right. So, so where are you now in, in what are you bringing to the world now because of what you've gone through? Absolutely. So now my purpose is to help people to excavate the beauty within. I love that you mentioned that a lot of people are too scared to really embrace who they are because of fear of judgment, fear of rejection. That was me. Guilty. That was me for many, many years. I, my biggest fear was rejection, but I could hide it really, really well because I could present myself in a very confident, competent manner and I carry myself in a certain way. But inside, I had that turmoil. And then when I went through those seven months, that turmoil completely manifested and overtook my life. Now I'm able to say, there is a way, there's a way, there's hope, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And so now my, my focus is to help people to stop looking so much on the outside and look inside, look and see the beauty that's there, excavate the value that you have, find your purpose, your meaning, what drives you, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? It's not your job. It's not your, you know, this, it's not money. Let's be honest. You know, it may be your family. It may be, I want to make a difference in the world. It may be, I want to make people happy. You know, it may be, I want to make people laugh. You know, whatever it is, there's something there, but find what that is within you. Not what the world tells you, what you know about yourself. Because it doesn't matter what other people think. You live in this body. You walk in this body. Like I said before, I would tell people all the time, you're not in my body. Well, guess what? People still are not in my body and they're never going to be. Mm -hmm. So that's where I come in and I help people say, what's going on with you? What's your journey? Who are you? What's your journey look like? What's it sound like? What's it feel like? Because I don't know and I'll never know, but you need to know. Mm -hmm. And once you know, then you can amplify that and externalize it. So I help people coming from that place of insecurity and stepping into that place of security. So that's why I call myself a lioness liberator because we all have this inner power within us. We all have this roar just waiting to come out. We all have this regality is just waiting to come out and we're too scared to allow it to. So for me, I'm a liberator. So I'm going to open that cage. I'm going to rattle that cage. So, you know, that lion or that lioness is just going to come out roaring and just prowling, you know, just coming out like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? Hey, like, girl, honey, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because that that's what people are lacking. They're lacking that authenticity. They're lacking that vulnerability. They're lacking that courage to walk it out. And that's what I'm here to do. And I'm also here to help people to do that in the digital space. Because if we're really struggling just in our personal space on doing that, we're definitely not, that's not coming across in the digital platform and the social media platform. There's some incongruence there. So I help you in the personal space, find out who you are. And then I help you relate it to the digital platform, the social media place, because I want everyone to hear the words. You're exactly as I expected, not the opposite. Cause we right. usually hear you're not at all what I expected. And I want to flip that and say, you're exactly what I expected, or you're exactly who I'm looking for. Yeah. There's so much digital Botox out there right now in the the social media (laughs) world. And uh, that's an original phrase, by the way. I love it. 
T-shirt. It's, it's, I know I should. <laughs> there's, there's just so much of that out there where people are just putting up this front. They're, they're putting up, they're creating a mask every day and putting it on out there. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I saw, and I was so proud of this guy. He and I have never met in person yet, but uh, his name is Buddy and Buddy was in the Marines and Buddy is now putting his life, his world back together. He's dealing with whatever he was dealing with from his time in the military. Mm-hmm. And yesterday he had to go to a doctor's appointment and he shared this on Facebook and I won't say his last name or anything, sure. but he was having an anxiety attack and a panic attack um, inside the facility because he was wearing a mask. He's obeying all the rules and he, he mm-hmm. wouldn't take it off, but he was really struggling and really had a, 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 an episode and was really, really, it concerned him. And he went on social media today and apologized to everybody for basically sounding like a crybaby yesterday. And oh. myself and a bunch of other people just commented on it saying, man, you're just being real. And here's the thing, as bad as you felt about yourself being that compromised in your own eyes, in your own opinion, as there are people in the shadows who don't have the, I'll just say guts, I was going to use a different word, um, to come out and actually admit that. And I said, right now, all those people who are in the shadows who are struggling, who aren't, don't feel they're brave enough to say it yet, you just became their hero. Yes. So please continue to be real, be authentic. And the great, you said it, the greatest compliment you can get is when you introduce the real self and other people start to see you online, offline, or as I refer to it, on stage, off stage, backstage, walking down the street or hanging out in the Captain Crunch aisle at the grocery store. And I'm just okay. the same person in every single place. Yep. In the most beautiful comment I have ever received, and it's from a gentleman named Brian K. Wright. Brian is the founder of Success Profiles uh, radio and success profiles magazine. And I've submitted uh, next month will be article 36 in a row, monthly articles. Yay. And around halfway, we had a writing challenge that we were all a part of with this tribe that I run with. Halfway through, I submitted that month's article and he reached out to me and he says, you finally did it. He said, I read your article and I could hear you saying it to me. He goes, this is the most authentic thing I've ever read. And it just became, he said, so now on social media, in person, on stage, off stage, and in writing, you found your voice. And I think someone like you, who's now out there, who's been through that fire, helping people to find their authentic voice is probably the best thing you can do with the rest of your life. So that when you're 90 years old on the front porch or the patio, patio we don't have a front porch either. We have front steps. And every once in a while, I go out and take pictures or video during a thunderstorm. And my wife's like, you're leaning on a metal railing on a front porch with no roof. Goes, Get in the house. <laughs> so maybe patio for and you. I always, and maybe a patio would be a good idea for me too. I'd probably hold on to the metal umbrella if I was out there to steady myself. But just being that authentic, and sometimes that's silly and that goofy, but that real. I think it's the greatest gift you can give not only to yourself, uh, not only to the rest of the world, but to yourself to find that. And if people are struggling right now to find that, if, if they're resonating, listening to this, what would be a bit of advice that you would give to somebody right now who is starting to say, you know what? I think that's me. The first thing I would say is thank you for being brave. That's the biggest step that you could ever take is recognizing that's what's going on. And I want to say you're important. You're valued. You're loved. And you're very worth it. But the first person who has to accept that is you. It doesn't matter how many people tell you that. You have to tell yourself first and you have to believe it. I'm telling you, I'm giving you permission. 
to accept these things, but you have to give yourself that permission that you are worth it and that you want to spend more time with yourself than you ever have. Spend more time with yourself. You actually, I think you'll like what you'll find. There's that fear, but it's because you don't know. How are you going to grow? How can you love someone else if you can't love yourself? How can you care for others if you don't know how to care for yourself? Try it. Do a social experiment. See what happens. Look inside and find all that awesomeness. And even if there's some scars there, some bruises, some bumps, some lumps, some breaks, embrace them because it just shows how much you've been through. And it feeds that I'm resilient. I'm worth it. I got this. Because look at all these battle scars that I carry. Mm. And I'm still here. I'm still rocking it. Go inside, check those out. And I I do like, it sounds kind of goofy, but if I see a scar, I'm just like, I got a scar. (laughs) I've always said that scars are a badass testimonial to the fact that you gave it a shot. You tried something. Of course, for me as a speaker, you know, anything that blows up in my face becomes instant stage material. If I've learned from it and moved on and and improved, people say, Steve, how do you make up those stories you tell? Like, Seriously, have you not been watching my life over the past <laughs> 20 years? I don't have to make up anything. I, I know. I a couple adjectives here and there to make it funny, but honestly, it, it's, it's all from my heart, my life, my soul, my, my biggest crashes and burns to my greatest victories. Yeah. And it all, for me to enjoy the life I have right now with the most, just the most perfect woman in the world who loves me and I love her a hundred percent. It's been like that since day one. I had to go through the fire and intentionally make myself a better version of myself. Yes. Despite all the scars, give myself permission to grow and not feel mm-hmm. like a failure to be the right person at the right time in the right place. When I received an email on June 16th, 2007 from a woman I hadn't spoken to in 21 years who I had a crush on in high school, who at that point lived 1300 miles away. Wow. I had to do all that work in order to be in the right place at the right time for the right reward in life. And I hope that other people get that. And if they're feeling like you felt earlier in 2020, I do sincerely hope that they will consider reaching out to you, even just to have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. About where they could be. Because you're living, breathing proof. You know, you're not just a person with a bunch of letters after her name hanging on the wall saying, hey, I'm an expert. I can change your life. Like the TV preachers that we see who drive, used to drive my grandmother insane. And I'm not an expert. So it's just, nope. so don't worry. If you're oh, you are an expert. expert. I, you're I'm you're not, an I'm expert <laughs> on coming from where you are to where you are now. If you lived it, there's a, a great saying out of the state of Texas. Oh, I goodness. said, if you done it, it ain't bragging. And if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if you're going to throw that Texanese in there. <laughs> don't have a, you know, a mind like mine sometime. Like, I wonder if I took that apart, if I could make it work better. Don't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. And it was never broken in the first place. So that's the biggest thing to recognize. And I love what you hit on, Steve. That was so key. It's, it's a process. It is a process. It's a process, y'all. Okay. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's a process. It's not an overnight. Yeah. We have our phones. We have all stuff. It's everything at our fingertips, you know, boom, 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 you know, fix, fix, fix. 
No, it's a process. It's a lifetime process. This is a daily thing I go through. I ask myself the same questions. I ask myself, I have to check myself on biases. I have to check myself on my core beliefs. I have to check myself on my behaviors all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's so worth it because I didn't want to accept I was a goofball. I'm a goofball. Ta-da. You know, like, I mean, it's just, I am, and I have to embrace that, but people love that because it's authentic. Mm -hmm. If, If you're silly, if, if you, oh my gosh, if you're a little bit shy, if you're, if you're a speaker, speak. If you're a writer, write. If you're a singer, sing. If you're an actor, you know, act. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, be you and be the best version of you. And however long that takes you is the perfect amount of time. Mm-hmm. Can't rush it. Yep. You cannot rush it. Just embrace it. Go along for the ride. It ain't going to be fun, honey, but it's going to be worth it because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> And, and my biggest advice to people is take notes along the way, because otherwise you may not realize how far you've come. And, and I always talk about life, you know, you're climbing a mountain. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a mansion or a yacht waiting at the top. I'm not like the other speakers who say stuff like that. Nope. Haven't found you're it here. yet. <laughs> One of your goals is the top of the mountain. I also talk about it like an old wooden roller coaster. It's at the top and you have to go click, click, click. You got to take all these steps to get there. But I, I, Definitely recommend people stop every once in a while and take notes and look back over their shoulder and realize how far they've come because it's yeah. not instant. And, and too many people in this world right now are looking for instant everything. Yes. And I, I kind of not, not corrected someone the other day, but I gave my viewpoint on something because they said, you know, what if somebody could tell you something right now and you achieve, achieve instant results? And I just shared my experience. I said, I don't believe any results that are instant are worth as much as the person you become along the way. Yes. You said, okay, fair enough. I get that. But what mind shift could put you on the right path? I said, well, now you got it. And then I shared my advice on that. So don't be afraid if you're on the journey somewhere to stop, sit on a rock, take some notes about your progress and eat a sandwich in the sun. Because while you're there, some other really cool person may just come along who needs your help who's about 10 steps behind you. And you are now an expert. You are now an authority. And Laura, you are an expert and you are an authority. And I know, I know you know that. I know we're just joking about the fact that, you know, we don't have all these letters after our name. Uh, you know, E-I-E-I-O is about as much as I get from people that <laughs> live in New Hampshire. Um, how can people get- I don't even have all the vowels. <laughs> and sometimes why? How can people get a hold of you if they wanted to have a conversation and if they're, if they're kind of feeling like they're in the middle of something like that right now or at any stage of their life where they say, you know, I, I want something better, but I'm not quite sure who to talk to. You've been there. You've been through the fire. So how can people reach out to you? Absolutely. So definitely if you're looking to get on the other side of the fire, even if you're in the middle of it and you need help being pulled out of it, I'm definitely available. So my strongest social media presence is going to be on LinkedIn. So that's my name. So Laura Nutt. Dot com, I believe it's slash liberated lioness is what it is. So it's, it's unique. There's, there's no other one like that. So I'll, I'll pop up, I promise. And there's not that many Laura nuts. So yay, nut house. <laughs> and <laughs> I also have a website, um, lauranut.com that you can reach me at. And also I can be reached at my Gmail account currently working on my other one. It's, it's a little temperamental. So it's lioness. So L I O N E S S dot liberator. So it's L I B E R A T O R 
at gmail.com. So I would love to hear from you guys because you need to start liberating that roar. You need to start liberating that lion or that lioness. Even though I say lioness because it's gurra, honey, it doesn't mean that I can't bring that gur out for the fellows either. So, so don't be shy. Reach <laughs> out and let me know. I'm excited to hear from you. Awesome. Being vulnerable, being real, being authentic, and being Laura. Thank you so much for being a part of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can create a more vivid, focused future with the Vision Board Mastery Program, or to invite Steve to be part of your next event, please visit motivationalfirewood.com.